Hi and welcome to another episode of The Walk. I'm walking through the leaves. It's uh, evening. I'm looking at the beautiful city gate here. It's uh, right across the bridge. I'm now walking across the water of the river, the AIM, E-E-M. And the big city gate, of course, was there to be able to stop incoming boats with robbers and pirates. <laughs> At least in my imagination, that's what they did. It's beautifully lit. New, they, they created like new light designs here in the city. It's absolutely gorgeous. So much more beautiful and, and actually has more, much more light than it ever had before. They did the same with a big uh, tower of Our Lady. A completely new LED-based design. Uh, it looks fantastic. This, this town is like a fairy tale town, at least a medieval inner city. And at night, it's even more beautiful. And, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's winter, you know, it's December. So this is the kind of, the kind of world that, that just works in the wintertime. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful month of December. But we're approaching the end of the month. And so we're looking back at, at the year. Uh, what have we accomplished? What happened it's been a very eventful year for some people. Very negative year, very, very somber year. Um, I have to be honest. If I look back on this year, I'm only seeing light. I am so incredibly excited and thankful for what I've been able to accomplish this year, and what we, as a community around Tridio, have been able to to pull off. And how much we've grown, and it's unbelievable. I'm, I never could have thought last year, when I had one of the toughest years of my life, that this year would be so full of grace. And it truly has been. And personal growth. And you know what? In this episode of The Walk, I want to go back to the early months of, of 2016. And back then... I uh, recorded an episode that triggered one of my listeners. And she wrote me a long email based on what I talked about in that uh, episode of The Walk. I don't recall exactly which one it was. Um, And and she also uh, mentioned a couple of other things that I said in other places and gave me some advice. And I remember when I read that, I was like, wow, that is so on the mark. (laughs) That is very true, what she said. And I think it, it triggered something. It helped me with getting this process off the ground of, of making some big choices and some big changes in my attitude towards my life. And so for the fun of it, I thought I'm going to dig up that email. It's a long email. And I'm going to go over it because it's, it's a, a snapshot almost of who I was back then. And I can measure how far I've come. In the meantime, so here you go. Um, this is an email from Barbara. And remember, it was that episode where I talked about, I want to be a happy priest again. And for whatever reason, I was not feeling very happy back then. I, mean, I just felt I need to be a happy priest. And I was whining and moaning about it. And I didn't really know how to, how to get there, how to, <laughs> how, to be, how to be a happy priest. I just know, knew that 
that's what I wanted to go back to. So for, for whatever reason, probably multiple reasons, I did not feel happy. I did not feel like I was where I should be. So Barbara, I wrote back then. This is, a, I guess, in March. Dear Father Roderick, I've been following you on many, your many adventures for some time. And it seems to me that you often complain that you do not have the time to do this or that or that you do too much of this and that. For example, lately you have stated that you want to make the time to read more, which is great. Yet in that same podcast you say that you've seen the last Star Wars movie eight times. Now, I understand that you love Star Wars and quand on aime, on ne compte pas, when you love, you don't count. But then don't state that you do not, do not have time to read. <laughs> that was very true. That was very true. It was one of those dreams, it was one of those things that I told myself, I should read more. And then I felt guilty for not reading what I felt I should do or spending the amount of time reading that in, in my, you know, my ideal life I should spend. And then instead of finding a practical way to realize you know more space to read or making having more realistic uh, expectations of myself i started complaining i was like i don't have time to read but then I, i did go and see star wars many many times um and but then this this goes further and in this more generalized way was so much on the mark um so barbara continues It seems to me like you want to do everything. And I'm sorry to point this out, but you are merely a mortal man and you will not achieve this. So true, so true. <laughs> you want everything. That My mind, for many years, has been this fireworks of, of ideas and ideals and oh, that's cool, and I would run after that. I wouldn't even think. I would never sit down and make a calculation and or, or 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 think about well what am i called to this might be good in theory in a in a world where you have always plenty of time and plenty of energy but in this reality is that something that you should pursue or not you want everything so recognizable back then of course i didn't want to hear that at all i thought it was actually a very positive character characteristic that i i'm always on the lookout for new ideas and i i would drive people mad with like every week there was a new idea and i didn't finish the previous one it's it's been part of i think the way i was running around like a chicken without a head as they say in dutch another example continues Barbara, you talk about your friend who is in New Zealand and how much you want to go back there and also to travel more. Now, I love it when you travel and describe the environments. China was incredible. Uh, Chicago was not your best. I don't recall ever having been in Chicago, but it might refer to something else. Um, but how can you say that you don't travel enough? Last year alone, I believe that you went to France, to Spain and the USA. That's amazing. Yet you complain that you have been to Scotland only once. I've never been to Scotland, and many of your listeners have not either. Be grateful that you have. Very true. Very true. Again, I was in this state of mind where I felt that whatever I was dreaming of, 
I had to somehow do that. And I had to accomplish that. And I did not even take the time to look back on, on the things that I had done. It was always like, oh, I, it's not enough. It's never enough. I can do more. This, this ongoing rat race to, of productivity. It's, it's a trap, I think, looking back at this, of, of, of exchanging productivity or exchanging um, contentment for productivity. So being, being content doesn't mean that you have everything, that you do everything. With contentment, in a way that I talked about it in uh, Secrets of Middle Earth, or Secrets of, uh, no, How to Live Like a Hobbit. It was the first episode, in case you've missed it. Contentment is a state of mind. It's, it's being happy with less instead of more. And even decluttering your life and doing less so you can be content with what you truly have. What, what, what you have and what truly matters and savoring it more this was way before I started the whole minimalism journey these are all things that I was holding on to these dreams of being a world traveler and doing all these projects all over the world it's kind of the Luke Skywalker of episode 4 <laughs> always as minded the future is never here or something along those lines. Furthermore, says Barbara, after complaining that you do not travel enough, in the same podcast you explain that you want a hobbit's life. Yes, hobbits don't travel. Neither did J.R.R. Tolkien. Yeah. I was not really, I think, longing for travel, but longing for adventure. But to what purpose? <laughs> What kind of adventure? In, in what way was the adventure that I was seeking or hoping for, longing for, uh, a, a compensation for a discontentment about my current state of life? This is not about travel. It's not about opportunities. This is about this this. Not being happy was not feeling that I was where I should be. But the thing that I didn't realize at the time was that I was in my mind. I felt like the answer was always ahead of me, elsewhere. If only I had more time, more opportunity, more travel, more money to finance my operations. That's another trap. You know, you think that you, you, you need funding. Oh, it's been so wrong in 2015 when we were building up Tridio and that whole idea that we need millions to do this job and we need to be the next Catholic Disney and no in hindsight it was, what a crazy idea you shouldn't even be worrying about that but what's much more important is how are you going to help other people? How do you contribute to other people's lives? How, and, and what do you need to be able to do that? That's a whole different attitude. The, you know, funding is just a tool for a purpose. But you can't start with trying to find funding and then think, well, well you know, once we have that done, we can do so many things. You have never thought about what you truly need to do, what your mission is, what God is asking you. Hmm. 
in many ways I think my thinking was upside down. Perhaps in this period of Lent, so this was definitely written in March, you could look back at everything you have accomplished and all the different places that you have visited and thank God to have been so fortunate. I don't advocate for looking in the past too much, but it seems like you only look into the future and never see or realize all that you have experienced, so much more than most people. Very true. It's hard to hear that, but it's true. It's true. But the answer is not in in what's yet to come. <laughs> the answer to, I think, my dissatisfaction, my discontentment at the time, it's right under my nose. It was... Well, but why don't you change the things that you can change instead of reaching for something that is just a dream? Tackle what makes you unhappy right now instead of hoping for some kind of solution in, in the future if, if only you had more this or that. So this, this was a very important trigger email, I think, that pr- prepared the way for this journey of... Uh, going to what's truly essential in life and getting rid of the rest. Also, writes Barbara, after a few episodes, you discover another way to organize yourself. You talk to us about it at length, never fully put it to practice, and then find a new organization, etc. Organization is very important, but it can only be achieved when you have realistic goals. The thing is, you are overly enthusiastic, which I love, But this means that you will have a hard time to focus on achieving your goals because you will constantly try to stack new ones in. By doing so, you will, of course, have a burnout at the end. And in 2015, I was on the verge of a burnout. I think it was exactly because of this. Because I just kept piling on the things without a realistic assessment if, A, it was what I had to do, if it was part of what God asked me to do, be if I had the ability to do it, the capacity, the time. I was always overestimating or not even, I was just not looking at my abilities, let alone plan. All that (laughs) feels like something of a former life of years ago. Getting rid of what is not feasible and what is not part of my vocation is now the core. It's, it's like find the essence and do that well and get rid of all the other stuff. Because, and this is what I learned from decluttering, decluttering is not the same as organizing junk. It's not that you have the perfect organization. Like stores like Ikea, they thrive on our... our utopian idea that if only we have more boxes and more storage space and 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 smart storage solutions that then we will be able to handle the clutter but it's the only way is to have less of stuff so you don't have to store it and you don't have to worry about it Barbara said, you need to fix yourself goals, whether they be yearly goals or weekly goals. Write them on a paper, stick this paper to your fridge, and at the end of the given period, you see if you have achieved these goals or not. If you did, were they easy to achieve, and could you add more in? If you did not achieve them, why not? This is this whole iterate, iterative process that I talked about in, uh, I think, the last episode of the walk. It's this, this willingness to evaluate, 
where am I right now? And is, is this feasible? Or am I, am, I, is, am I trying to do too much? Sometimes in theory, when you think about something, even if you have experience, you can still over plan and, 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 and try to do too much. Well, it's better to change course right away than to work yourself to death and by trying to, to do what is not doable. You could do this by theme, writes Barbara. For example, for a week, goals like, as a priest, what would I like to achieve in my parish this week? As a runner, how much would I like to run this week? As a geek, what geeky thing would I like to try this week? Astronaut food? <laughs> no, I'm not going to try that. As a podcaster, what would I like to share or start? Or uh, What kind of conversation would I start with my listeners? And for myself personally, what do I want to do this week? Read a book, have dinner with friends, or just play a video game? These are goals, they're not homework. If for the week you had planned to run, let's say, six or eight hours, but you're only able to get in two hours, it's okay. But you must analyze as to why you did not achieve your goal. Did you set it too high? And then you adjust your goal for the following week by lowering it. That's okay. Was the week particularly hectic? You probably did other things just as important, or maybe even more so than running. Or perhaps you did not feel like running. Your body may be telling you to slow down. After analyzing why you did or did not achieve your goal, look back on the week past and write down everything you did. I find that this helps with the guilt. Perhaps you couldn't manage to get everything done, but you did manage to do other things. This touches upon planning your goals. A dream without a deadline is just that. It's just a dream. Once you put a day to it, like this idea that I had to walk the Camino, now I know that I have limited time to organize that. And so it's got to be on my calendar every week. And I have to train for that. And so that requires space. It also requires sacrifices. It means I can't do other things. I could have today, I'm recording this on a Wednesday, it's my day off. I could have gone to the movies. I could have played a video game. And instead, I decided to go out for a long walk because I need to get in shape for that long six-week trip through Spain and it means I can't do I can't go to the movies <laughs> I can't play video games and in the past I would be probably very frustrated by that why does a day only have 24 hours and now I'm thinking you know what I just made a very deliberate choice and I'm happy with that and if I feel at the end of the day that well I should have made some time for gaming then perhaps next week I'll walk a bit less and take some more time to game. Uh, the tools that I've discovered to plan, uh, the Todoist and OmniFocus, uh, the method uh, of uh, not just a, a method for email or even you know getting things done and all that. No, but just the approach that I only do what is within my mission and I delete whatever is not applicable to that that's been the big the big change and it's sustainable because it's not a trick it's not a system it's a way of life it's an attitude and that changes everything um Team week, you know, being able to plan visually. I've discovered that I'm, I'm a visual person when it comes to planning. I need to see those, those colored bars. And that helps me so much to make a realistic 
planning of, of, of how much time and effort I can dedicate to a project. And if, the, if that's not good enough for that project, I need to not try to find more time, but I should get rid of the project. <laughs> that's, that's the mindset. Um, then some more tips. Uh, she writes, uh, let's see, your podcasts don't have to be pre-formatted. For example, I love the one where you took us through at different stores to look for Legos. It was really a lot of fun, especially hearing your reactions to the different Legos you found. The walk is freeform. Geek Week, back then I was apparently still doing Geek Week, should be freeform as well. The only pressure you have for Geek Week is to talk about geeky stuff, which I'm certain isn't too difficult for you. Uh, and in doubt, always go back to Star Wars. <laughs> so true. That's uh, a bit how I did uh, the last few episodes of, of, uh, of The Break. I just recorded them like the walk, only different topics. I was just outside, and you know, for me it works. Um, so it's it's less stress. Still had to prepare, but it's it's more free form. And um, again, harkens back to that other thing that I talked about, uh, trying to make my media less of a performance, and and more like this is who I am right now this is what's going on in my life this is what I'm fascinated about this is why what I geek out about but it doesn't have to be radio it doesn't have to be like classic TV it's just me Um, in my style (laughs) Uh, some more tips so be more free forming your goals and projects you're a human being not Superman and not a robot that all has to do with also you know, limiting yourself, decluttering in terms of ideas and goals. Um, and be happy with everything you already have experienced. Think of all the people less fortunate than you and realize how lucky you are. That sounds a bit like <laughs> my mom who said you, when we were complaining about the, uh, the carrots, the cooked carrots, which I hate, still hate. <laughs> She's like... Think about all those people in the world that don't have a carrot. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's a bit guilt-driven. That's the only downside. But I, be- I believe it's that attitude of being happy with what you have is, uh, is one of the fruits of, of, of uh, minimalism and decluttering for me. Uh, because when I was starting to throw stuff away, the big question, the only question that I asked myself time and again was, what does this add in terms of value to my life? It makes you appreciate what you have. And there is a lot. It's like, huh, well, not really. Wouldn't, wouldn't miss it. And getting rid of that and even giving it to other people, make other people happy, um, that was a big lesson. It was like, why should I surround myself that's with stuff that has no value to me and I hold on to stuff that could actually make someone else's life add value to someone else's life. Why don't I give it away? And so now, for, for, in terms of how I spend my time, it's the same thing. Spending two, three hours and baking an apple pie for my parishioners makes me very happy. The... <laughs> The, the Father Roderick 
that Barbara is writing to in March of this year, he would have thought that that was a waste of time. Baking an apple pie for real? You don't, you don't have time for that? Yeah, sure, I'd, I'd like to do that, but I don't have time. I need to travel more, read more, produce more TV shows, make more money, <laughs> pray more. There's this constant, like, uh, this rat race of, 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 and it was all, I think, based on this idea that what makes you happy is what you do. And the big lesson for this year is what makes me happy is who I am. Right now, in this moment, what I can do now, what the, the things that God gives me today. And because I've learned to let go of, of dreams that are just that, dreams, that I can say, well, I have fantastic ideas, but I choose not to follow up on them. Life is too short. And my energy is too, is too, is too small. That whole process of, of decluttering my life on all the different levels. The physical clutter, the digital clutter, and the mental clutter. That creates a Father Roderick who can say at the end of this year, who is a truly happy priest. Happy to be there. Happy to be there for you. Happy to be there for my family. Happy to be there for my parishioners. Happy to be there for God. Happy to be there for what is essential in life. And that's what makes me happy. So Barbara, thank you so much. And while thanking you, I want to thank every one of you who has been helping me in so many different ways, sometimes with good advice and tips by pointing me to stuff like the minimalists but also by your prayers um, I know that I'm in the prayers of many of you you are in my prayers and I think that invisible support is what makes these changes possible and this year could have only been such a good year thanks to those prayers Thanks to that support. Who am I without you, my friends in social media? Who am I without my family? Who am I without the people that point me in the right direction? I would still be stuck where I was. <laughs> And I am in such a better place. So thank you so much for listening, for your advice. And let's make the next year another great year. And... Uh, Well, if you share our mission, if you think it's important that we continue, may I count on your support financially as well. Thanks, and we will talk soon. Take care. God bless.